Welcome everyone to episode 87 of the 25 Live. My name is Jim Bernica. I've got two special guests for you this week. First of all is Dr. Sarah Janke. She's the director and senior scientist with the Center for Fire, Rescue, and EMS at the National Development and Research Institutes. Also have Lieutenant Heather Burren. She's been with San Francisco Fire Department since 1997. She's also the lead of their women's group. And I brought them both on the show to talk about firefighter pregnancies about the, the research that's out there, the uh, really lack of policies that are out there, and how significant of an issue this is, but it's been pretty much ignored throughout the fire service. So without further ado, let's bring Heather and Sarah in. We'll discuss this. All right. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sarah Janke, Lieutenant Heather Byrne. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Girls doing, I should say. Good. We're good today. All right. Thank you for joining me. Um, let's talk about a topic that is out there, but it's definitely not out there as much as it should be. Uh, and I've kind of learned a lot about this here recently. Uh, women's reproductive health, you know, firefighters and their, their babies um, and how that's not really addressed almost hardly anywhere throughout this country. So I want to serve it up to Sarah first. If you don't mind, could you kind of discuss the issues we have with firefighters who are pregnant, who are working and, and kind of the, um, you know, what could happen to that baby while they're working and, you know, still staying on shift and fighting fires and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we have, I, I think part of the reason there hasn't been a lot of talk about it is there just hasn't been a lot of research. And so there was, um, I think we didn't know to talk about it before now, but we did uh, recently published and we're working on a second set of data that is um, showing remarkably similar results. We did find high rates of miscarriage among women in the fire service. So at double what we see in the general population. It's a little bit, it's a little bit challenging to evaluate exact numbers because you ask questions slightly different ways, but definitely an increased risk. Um, not to spoil the excitement of the upcoming publication, but they're actually, when we looked at volunteer firefighters, actually had a higher rate than even career firefighters, which for a lot of different reasons that we've kind of hypothesized, but don't have definite um, definite data on. And the other thing that we did find was early labor. So preterm labor was higher in firefighters than general population folks, women um, in comparison. So I think there's some concern about that in terms of the child health outcomes. Um, there's, we know even less about that. There has been some speculation though, and, and we're working, I'm working with a group, um, Jeff Burgess is leading it, and then uh, um, some folks at University of Miami, so that kind of that whole group that's working on the cancer stuff, and then a, a guy up at BYU who is a sperm epigeneticist, uh, and he, they want to look at, now that we know this stuff about um, women in the fire service and the reproductive health outcomes and issues related to that, they want to look more in detail, both at women in the fire service, but then also men in the fire service and sperm epigenetics, and whether being fire exposed to being in the fire service and all the, the occupational risk factors actually could play into fertility, because there's a study from Europe that suggests rates of fertility are, um, of infertility are about 46, high, but firefighters were 46% more likely to get fertility treatments than non-firefighters. And we don't have that data on women that's being analyzed right now. We have some, some preliminary data on it, um, but there's some speculation that it might be related to fertility issues for women in the fire service. And it also um, might be related to things like, um, like early um, onset for menopause. So I think, you know, if you look at, and I know Heather's going to talk about some of the 
chemicals that firefighters are exposed to, but it kind of makes sense, you know, that endocrine disrupting chemicals would be disrupting every everything. And then it, for both genders, and then the in terms of child outcomes, there's speculation. One EFO report from I believe Washington State that found a high kind of a, a group of firefighters whose kids all had um, or, or a larger than expected group had um, childhood cancer, but we don't have a ton of data yet on that. It'd be nice that we um, have worked with that, like I mentioned, I'm working with that group and they're gonna put, we're putting in a proposal, resubmitting a proposal to look at child health outcomes. So autism spectrum disorders, um, attention deficit disorder, things like that, to see if there's a higher rate among firefighters. So we do know from the survey data that women, when they are pregnant, typically don't report until the end of their first trimester, which is 12 weeks, um, which makes sense. That's typically when you let people know that um, you're pregnant because you're past that risk for miscarriage. The challenge with that is like the, the big concern fetal development is that early 12 weeks because it's teratogen, the teratogens that you're exposed to in that is kind of the key time period. So it's a, it's a complicated issue, especially when you look at like the impact of that um, and the relationship between everything else that women in the fire service face and then like how that is juxtaposed with pregnancy and and people get very passionate about their stances on that and you know there are women who I was just at a department where one woman said the minute I found out I was pregnant went on like duty department was awesome about it um another woman at the exact same department was still fighting fires up until the time she delivered and like if you're a female who's already had to like work twice as hard to prove her way in the fire service and you're with the crew um, that's giving you a hard time about going, I mean, because sometimes men are in the fire service will say, oh, give them a hard time. Oh, you're just trying to get off work. You're just trying to, go, you know, you, you don't want to do the job. You don't want to, and women who love the job, who have worked their asses off to get in a, you know, to, to promote up and to be well-respected and all those types of things, they don't want to leave the track before they have to. And they love, they love the job. And who wants to go work in an office? If you're a firefighter, firefighters do not like working in offices, pushing paper. <laughs> so, so, so I mean, a lot of it is just that I think there's still a lot to be learned and that we are learning. Um, and so the, the question is kind of like, how do we, I, I, I do think the one thing that we've heard consistently is if you're a female in the fire service, you do not want to be the first person to get pregnant in a department <laughs> because then it's, you know, everyone like doesn't know what to do and then it becomes a thing and, and really a challenge. So I'll stop there for a little bit and let someone else talk. No, no. Well, I have to imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, that they're, they're just, you don't have a whole, a large pool to go off of to do your research. There's not a lot of women firefighters and they haven't been around for a really long time. So, I mean, you're kind of limited into, you know, the research that you, you can't even do. And we had our last survey, we had about 3,000 respondents. What I do love about women in the fire service is they are like coming out of the woodwork to participate in surveys. They've been fantastic at responding, like even more so than men. You know, typically you send out just a survey link and say, hey, fill this out, send it to anyone you know they might be interested in. You'll get, you know, you'll get some responses, but um, man, in the response from women that have been sending emails, and like, thank you so much for this work. I'm really, you know, this is something I've always been, um, wondered about has been like mind blowing. It's been amazing. Um, and then I do think that there's been, I think a lot of, I, I think I have heard a lot of hesitation in the qualitative stuff. Women are hesitant to have 
children or have more than one child because they're afraid of how that's going to be received by the department. And like, there's no, no one should have to make their life choices about having kids based on being afraid that their coworkers are going to be pissed off at them, like, or, or look down on them. Like that's ridiculous. Absolutely. No, very well said. Uh, you know, this was all brought really up to me recently. I, I worked with the department and they were just kind of like you said, they had no idea really what to do, how to how to go about this subject. They were using, uh, they basically said, hey, if you want to go light duty, that's fine. But we're going to, we're going to give, you have to give us six days worth of sick time. And just even because of that, that department, you know, the females, they were like putting off going to light duty just because they didn't want to give up their time, even though they knew that they were going to have to, at some point, they were just holding back from doing that just because of the whole idea of it is I'm not sick. I'm not injured. It shouldn't be treated like that. You know, I'm, I'm pregnant. That's it's natural. It's no big deal. You know, why are you making a big deal and, and kind of putting me in this lumping me in this whole other category? And that's really what led me to Heather. Um, I reached out to Tony Stefani and I just, cause I figured, I know San Francisco has the most female firefighters out there. You know, Tony, can you help me out with any of this stuff? And, and I got tagged into Heather and uh, you know, you can kind of take it from here really of, of, you know, I was looking for policies, procedures, I mean, anything. And I was kind of surprised at the answer you gave me and that looking back now, now I'm not surprised, but I, I was hopeful when I met, when I got connected with you. Yeah. Hi, Jim. Um, and you know, just listening to Sarah, so many things came up that I want to respond to, but I will kind of start there and, and also say, you know, I heard you say, Jim, we haven't been in the fire service for that long and that that's kind of why we haven't been looking at that. And at this point now, we kind of have, like we've been here in San Francisco, we've, got, we've been here for 30 years now and we came in late in 88 or, you know, 80 was when the first woman came in. So I know on the East Coast is closer to 40, 45 years that women have been in. And that's enough time to have to be looked at, looking at this. But the, why, why don't we have good family leave policies? Why don't we have good maternity leave? And, and so much of what Sarah said is, you know, kind of brought into that of like, there are so, even in San Francisco, where we have the most women of any, any uh, major metropolitan fire department, you, you know, the culture is no different. Like you get in and you work hard and you put your head down. You just want to, you want to fit in for a while. <laughs> and, and so that, so I really, you know, I can only answer that question myself. Like, why is it taking us this long? And, and I'm, you know, I'm even in, embarrassed to say that I just started looking at this a year and a half, two years ago, and I have a 15 year old. So I went through this. I went through, um, you know, deciding and not knowing when to go off, when not to go off, you know, who to talk to about that. There was no one to talk to about that really that I felt comfortable with, even though there were women that had had children before me. I, um, you know, how to, how to come back on, how long to stay off, how to breastfeed while I was, you know, back on duty, all of these things. Like, um, you know, I just, it's funny, I just did it. You know, I just kind of did it. And I, I have a lot of stories that might be a little too, you know, too much for, for your listeners about how that was done. And, and it was hard and it wasn't supportive of, 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 of like a family, you know, of my family of myself. But um, I think that to get to why, you know, so I've been doing a lot of work with um, cancer 
women in cancer. We have a high breast cancer rate here in San Francisco. And some years ago is how I got connected with Tony Stefani from the Cancer Prevention Foundation is they've done an amazing job here. We went to him asking for some help. And, and so we all got together and did a study. So I've done all, I've been working with scientists and researchers. It's how I met Sarah um, on, on chemical exposures, occupational exposures to women in the fire service. We did a study, the first study ever on women firefighters. Um, started in 2012 or 2014 and and without going into that like i've been doing that and honestly when this kind of smacked me in the head was not when i had my own kid um which you'd think it would have but was was i was i was actually in tennessee sarah when we were um doing the occupational exposures of women firefighters at uh at the, um, what was it, the Redmond Symposium that's the I, that the IFF puts on. And they had asked Sarah and I to come talk, which in and of itself was really exciting to me because, because the IFF supporting us, asking us to talk about that was a big thing. It's like acknowledging and supporting the occupational you know, women firefighters in general and asking us to come talk was was no small thing. It, it felt um, it felt big. So I'm there. We did our thing. I felt really good about it. And then I got pulled aside by Dr. Uh, Penzant Penzant from New York, funny little guy, and um, he pretty much said, look, all this work that you guys are doing for cancer in the fire service for women is really important. But but cancer in the fire service is going to protect when the changes that we do to help protect men are also going to protect women that you're all going to be protected as we learn and educate on how to protect you know from from exposures and um, as we get better at that but he said what you really need to start looking at is your maternity policies because those aren't gonna start to get better until you you and you being us women and me being kind of the head of our women at that time the united fire service women which is an affinity group in san francisco we have um we have 250 women firefighters in suppression and i think uh 210 uh our members of our of our uh, UFSW. So as that, he said, your group is going to have to start changing this. You're going to have to spearhead it because the men aren't going to. They're not thinking about it. It doesn't really affect them. And it. He was so right. And that's when I started looking at it. And so to bring this back, just where it just hit me again was I was getting all these calls from a station not by here. Again, people call me. They've known me. They trust me. They call me to complain about other women, to tell me awesome things about women. Like they, they want to, to talk to me about that. And there was a young woman who was seven and a half months pregnant, still on the job. And it was making people uncomfortable. And so they would call me and I, and I was clearly like, well, you know, trying to give her some, and so I, I didn't know her. We're actually have enough women now where I don't know every woman in our department, which is, has a double-edged sword. When I first got in, you knew everybody and, and you supported each other or, or didn't. Um, so I reached out to her and um, just to offer some support, to talk to her, to give her some of the information Sarah had given me, just like, okay, let's educate. If you're still in, what can I do to support you? Not to say, hey, people are complaining about this or worried about you or all of these things that, that brings up in people. And what she said to me when we started talking and it just, she just said, I was, I was advised by another woman firefighter just act like I wasn't pregnant, to not acknowledge it. And my heart just sank. And I was like, shit. Like, I thought our women's group was supporting our women. Like, how did this happen? Like, how? And then I realized, Jim, I had to look at myself because there's that salty, I've been in 24 years now, that's kind of salty, bitchy 
part of me that's like, well, I did it. They can do it. And I didn't realize that I think I had been doing that about this, about having kids. And, and I just, it just made me realize, okay, now is the time we, San Francisco does not have a comprehensive woman supported or family supported maternity leave policy. And it's our city's policy and I, you know, won't get into it here. It's not terrible. I mean, we are, we have, you know, we're protected on the job when we're pregnant. We get to decide when to come in, when to go, you know, when to go alternate duty or light duty, however you want to quote. We also even have a paid parental leave, which is 12 to 16 weeks paid time. But there's a lot of negatives with that. There's like, I have to use up all of my saved time before I can access that paid pan leave. I mean, it goes to, I mean, I could, once I get going, just put your hand up if you want me to stop, Jim, because, you know, like being punished for pregnancy. Why do I have to use all of my time? Say I sit, you know, I've been in, you know, I had my kid when I, I had already been in 10 years. So I had a lot of time, but I couldn't use that paid parental leave unless I, I exhausted all my time, which I did. You know, at the time I, I, I didn't have any problems with that. I actually thought I was kind of lucky. Wow, I could take all this time off. Well, I was my own time. You, what that does is sets a woman coming back to work when and she decides to do that, blown open from pregnancy, firehouse life and, and new parenting does not mesh. It's hard. You got to put on way more than your turnout coat to protect your heart from coming into back to this job. There's all these things. And then I don't even have any time. I have no time if my kid is sick. I have no time if I just feel like I need to be home with them that day or, you know, and so anyways, um, I really, really do agree that it's time to start doing this. It's time to start looking. And in that I've reached out, right? Um, I, I went to, we have a new health and safety chief, which is new for San Francisco. Thank you to this new administration and our chief, Neen Nicholson, um, along with our local 798. We've been doing some work on lactation rooms in the firehouses, which is a law. You know, we're just about to go survey all these firehouses um, for potential lactation rooms. And I'll get back to you, Jim, on that, how that goes. But <laughs> we're, we're starting that this week, actually. Myself and a team of, of women I have were uh, being supported again by our union and by our department to go do this. But, um, but you know, there are departments out there that are, I mean, it's not, um, so I almost feel like um, it's not all bad. Like one, I've been reaching out and trying to, trying to write a policy. I've just drafted, our, our group has drafted a policy for our department and we're in the works for that. But I reached out and connected with a lot of other fire departments. And if you see like what, what Fairfax County Fire and Rescue in Virginia is doing, like, holy cow, they are the gold standard. They have a pregnancy reproductive health manual. They have, they're partnered with a public safety occupational health center, like with an on-site primary care clinic. It's, you look through this and they, I mean, that manual goes through all of this stuff that I, I want to, I want to offer our women here in San Francisco and not, I, I mean, I say women, but not just women. I mean, Sarah has touched on that, like reproductive safety. It's viewed from a perspective, not just pregnancy, but, but both men and women firefighters are facing hazards, you know, to their reproductive health. And, and I think that these hazards are manageable though. That's the cool thing is if we were starting to learn about it, but I think they are manageable. And so so Fairfax is one that I would really hold up as like a gold standard. I also, um, last fall, she contacted me, a firefighter, Kendra Keeley. She's 
from a team, um, South Metro Fire and Rescue in Colorado. So they're outside of Denver somewhere. And, and she was gonna about to, and I haven't heard back from her. I just texted her to see, but they're providing, they're committed to providing benefits um, that are supportive of their family. And like, they're trying to pass a maternity leave policy that provides 24 weeks. So 1,440 hours of paid parental leave that that, that firefighter can use any time from, from early pregnancy till end, 24 weeks. Like that's awesome, right? That's putting your money where your mouth is and in caring about your employees and caring about. So, I mean, I don't know. I just also, I, I'll stop after this one. Maya Earl, so she's up in Bellevue Fire Department in Washington. Um, she's talking a lot about uh, fertility issues. And again, Sarah has that, you know, you have that information, Sarah, but fertility issues, like I didn't know firefighters had a higher fertility rate and, and Maya is somebody who did and ended up, you know, so she's talking a lot about fire departments providing additional fertility stuff for their people. Again, going back to like our profession should not, um, it should not stop us from, from wanting to create families and have families, both men and women. So now let me, let me stop so I can breathe and you can say something. Sorry, you can tell I'm really passionate about this. No, you did great. <laughs> I didn't put up my hands at all. Okay. <laughs> you could have kept going. No, we, you know, we have, you know, the, the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You know, there's, like you said, there's the FMLA out there. I mean, we have these laws, um, but they're, they're not really for us. We're, we're unique. Um, our job, our occupation, the risk involved with it, the exposures. Um, and because of that, it's, it's almost right now, it's on the department to just really do the right thing and take care of their women and take care of their babies. But do they do that? I mean, I think we we often see that's that's in all of our missions, right? To create, you know, uh, a diverse workforce where we care about the le- the health and safety and the well-being of our employees. Like many of our, I know our um, our mission statement says that. But again, I absolutely agree with you. Like the policy that we're using now in a department is the city's policy, which, you know, for standards is really strong. I, I know I won't lose my job if I want to have a kid. And, and I know when I was at one of the IFF things, there was some women in there that said that's not true, that there were no light, they were in small departments where there was no light duty for them. And if they became pregnant, they lost their job. That's against the law. Like you said, like what? And there were women in this talking about this. And I thought, okay, so I know being in a big metropolitan area, I'm protected that way. But the policy that we have, it's for office workers, nine to five. You know, they we were fighting that, like using all of our time. So not that long ago, they gave us 40 hours. They're like, you have 40 hours you can save in your bank. 40 hours is less than two watches for me. And that's not helpful, you know? So it's just this realization that what we're doing I mean, not just the physical or the, the, I mean, there's all sorts of hazards, right? There's the, the physical aspects of our job on, on pregnancy. There's, there's the chemical exposures, but there's also like all the biological hazards and all of that. There's a lot of hazards that, that pregnant women aren't, that are, that are in an office aren't experiencing, right? Um, the stressors that, I mean, you could just keep going, the shift work, all, you know, and I, I, I think there's some studies to support that for firefighters overall. There aren't really for women firefighters, but back to your thing, Jim, is that, yes, I agree, like, 
in words departments want to do that and if you sat and, and talked to anybody i think they the chiefs would say yeah, yeah i mean people understand family they want i mean we're all a big family they want to take care of, but that how that is actually related to things like the amount of time that you can have you know the education on when and how to go off that's scary as a young firefighter i didn't know and if i had no and i even lacked you know if i had known you know if i had known about you know the studies coming out of phoenix now about about your breast milk like i i i worked really hard to breastfeed my son when i went back to work you know and like i went through those little pads you put on there you know you your 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 breastfeed you know your your pumping and then the bebop goes off and you're, I worked at a station that ran 15 to 20 calls a day when I was trying to do that. Oh my, you know how many of those little pads I went through? <laughs> you just like, ah, ah, you run down. But now I know all that work, like I was putting chemicals. I fought a lot of fires during that time. I was putting chemicals into my sweet little baby boy. Sheesh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I wish I had known that, right? Well, so education, um, yeah. Yeah. And I agree. How can we do it, Jim? How can we start to not to ask, but really demand? Well, my intention of this doing this whole show is really to educate and to bring awareness and to, and to put this out there and, and to, cause it, it isn't common knowledge. The, you know, what you just mentioned, you know, the, the breastfeeding, the, the pumping and dumping for 72 hours after, you know, exposure, um, that's not known. And so uh, we have to figure out some way to get that out there. And again, uh, to, to discuss the risks that are involved, you know, the longer you stay, the more risk for that baby. And that's, you know, that's, I mean, that's part of my job, but it's, it's a lot of people's jobs to do that. But we also need Sarah, you know, and, and Dr. Burgess and all these others to keep up with that research and give us more and more ammunition so we can take that to our departments and say, this has to change. We have to do something about this. This is not right for mom. This is not right for the babies. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you, for your listeners out there, the thing that I have found really, if you're um, a newly pregnant or someone wanting to, a, a, a firefighter, a woman firefighter out there wanting to get pregnant, um, what really, I will go back to the Fairfax County Fire and Rescue maternity, pregnancy and reproductive manual. And um, I bet you, you could find it, but if you can't, you can contact me and I'll send it to you because it's really comprehensive. It's better than anything I've seen out there. And even though some of the studies that they have in there are a little antiquated, like it, it, it still gives you a really clear perspective. It just goes through literally like, you know, kind of, um, health hazards it talks about that talks about fitness for for women that are newly pregnant and then coming back and they i mean it's just really it's really good and and anyone can reach out to me and i'll as you can tell i'll, I'll talk about this and i just drafted a policy that's not complete yet it's not okay but i but i'm willing to share that if that helps anybody you know and and reaching out to other fire departments around you that's where i'm getting all this information i didn't i didn't just sit down and write the policy i read a whole bunch of other ones and so i agree i think as a as a group if we if we start doing this and helping each other then it doesn't seem so such a such a steep hill to climb no and and to to kind of piggyback on what you were saying regarding fairfax it was it's so impressive it was like a go-to bible regarding this issue um i mean even to the point in which they have a letter that you could take to your um your 
your doctor and and have them look at it and it, it spells out for them it actually talks about the risk it, it does it basically educates the doctor on the the risks that are associated with that and if you're a doctor you don't really think about all this kind of stuff so um it was great great absolutely great stuff and i'm glad you shared that with me sarah what do you think is is kind of next i know you mentioned that you're you're hoping to get this this grant for the study um you're connected probably more so than anybody I know regarding just the fire service and, and the research. Um, what else can we do to try to get this out there and, and just, you know, educate our women and yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, my answer is always more research, but (laughs) yeah, that's job security too. But, um, we, we are working in headers on our stakeholder panel working with women in fire to take and the Fairfax, um, several people from Fairfax are on the panel too, to take some of this stuff and make it user-friendly, put it into a one-pager. We've done some work in there's the Physician Providers Guide for General Health and Wellness. We're gonna try and make one that's a one-pager for um, the health, uh, for OBGYNs. So trying to get tied in with some OBGYNs so we know exactly what they want to see on a sheet of paper. and you know what job task information they need, that type of stuff. So hopefully it'll be about probably, it'll probably be a year before we get the final version of that, but I'm optimistic with that. And then we're also working, and, and again, Heather's working on this where we're trying to pull together um, the policies that are out there and say, you know, what's working well, what's not. And also what's a workaround? You know, we've had some departments that have said, we, they won't let us have a maternity policy because it's not, they won't let us have a, an injury specific maternity policy. You, you, if it's not on duty, if it's not, you know, all these, which first of all, I think is ridiculous. And, you know, I'm always like, well, any man that gets pregnant should be able to have the exact same, you know, the exact same support that a woman that gets pregnant. So it's not gender specific, but I, I mean, I think that's like saying we shouldn't, you know, address prostate cancer among firefighters because not all firefighters have prostate. It's like, well, that's dumb. Um, so, so, but how do you have workarounds for that? If you have a department that, you know, the HR won't let you do that. I've heard of, um, of departments that have said, you know, people couldn't go on light duty, but they could take an alternate assignment if there was a project for them to work on. And I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes we have to get creative just with where we're at. Ideally, every department would have a great policy, but that's not going to happen. And I think, too, looking beyond just um, maternity policies, but family leave policies. I mean, more and more in that country, the best companies are creating family leave policies where it's not just we know now the importance of like the emotional connection between dad and baby too so like how do we create policies that are i'm i'm not just you know we should let moms have have some time off to spend with babies we know that for social emotional health it's the dad too so you know dad shouldn't you know go to the delivery room and have to go to the station the next day to work a shift like and i think that to you know i i i think it's not a gender specific issue i think everyone should be looking at this because these are things that need to be considered yeah and I, I would just piggyback on, on that, Sarah, I absolutely agree. And, and, you know, again, if you're looking at missions of fire departments, really talking about, you know, awareness and maintaining diversity in San Francisco, our LGBT community is huge. And a lot of our firefighters are involved in that community. And if we're talking about um, fertility issues again, or fertility coverage, like as a, as a family 
you know, leave act or, or something, you know, policy, family leave policy instead of maternity policy, that that is all encompassing. It can cover a lot of different people for inclusion, right? Isn't that what we're looking for, especially these, you know, these days of equity and inclusion, then let's really just name it in, in that and, and get, yeah. So, but I do, you know, I think what I learned a lot with the cancer research that I've been working on, all the advocates and the researchers, scientists I've worked with that is that, you know, really what does that data do and what it, what it did, did tangibly for us and is continuing to do is it lends evidence to support our exposures, which then help us to create um, laws and stuff that pr protect us better. And it, that's one of the things, but the other bigger thing is it just becomes an educational piece and people are smart and they want to live long and they want to be healthy. And so I think that this is the same type of thing. So, so the scientific research, you know, with strong firefighter education um, can help and policies can help create and sustain policies that support pregnancy and nursing moms and families. And that's what we should be looking at overall. And I, and I totally think that that's manageable. I see that I can, I can foresee that for sure. I think, uh, you know, I put on my union hat a lot of times in situations like this. Mm -hmm. And I think of, again, the years 2021, you know, if, if somebody was pregnant and they were, you know, denied, uh, restricted duty, you know, if they're getting pushed back or hard times, again, it's 2021, things are different. Thankfully, go to the media. I mean, I don't know, Heather, have you seen anybody that's actually played that card? No, but we're, yes. we might be looking at it here for, um, for the lactation issue right now, not actually a fire and not a not a suppression firefighter, but we're merged with our EMS and our, our women. So I, I think, thank you for bringing that up. Cause I really do mean like, it's not just for firefighters, it's for all of our department. And we have single functions, paramedics and EMTs, and they're in ambulances for 10 and 12 hour shifts. And they're pumping in back of ambulances, which is not, it's not okay. And so um, I really thank you. I should have mentioned that as that's part of our goal too, is to be covering all of our employees, not just firefighters um, and there we may be looking at something and I'm surprised we haven't Jim because you start thinking about it and you see the laws you're like why hasn't and again I just the fortitude maybe of the of the type of people that do uh, emergency care I don't know I, I don't think it's the it's not the first thing you go to you try to work through the process but when you hit a brick wall that's an option for you there is one instance where that happened in the last, that I'm aware of, like in the last oh, couple of years, there was a woman down in Florida and her department had the policy. If it's, if it's a not duty related, if it's an injury, that's not duty related, you can't be on my duty. So she's like seven and a half months pregnant, still riding a truck. And it ended up, that's exactly what they did. It ended up in the paper. I saw it like on national headlines. And as soon as that happened, the city's like, oh, well, we didn't realize, like, this was a miscommunication. This is, da, 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 da. like, and then all of a sudden they were magically able to figure it out. And that's the thing. I've had several calls, like, in the last year where people are starting to pick this up in the media. And I, you know, I, like you said, like, you don't want to, you know, be the, be the face of it, but that is going to pressure people too, because if you, like, just think about it, like you said, it's 2021. If you think about it or you, you know, 
Like if you see a eight and a half month pregnant firefighter stepping off the truck, that doesn't look good. And that's like, come on. There's Black. Take a minute and use some some logic on, you know, use some logic on this. So I, I, I think I think you'll hear about it more. I've had several questions from reporters in the last year about this. So I think if people don't, I think it's one of those things where if people don't get in front of it, if then you're the one who looks like an asshole on the front page of paper. <laughs> yeah. I'd say now's probably the better time. Between between the media itself and social media, I mean, oh yeah, exactly. it's a no brainer. I mean, you shouldn't have to go there, but if you have to, I mean, just to me, that's a that's a good option. It was a wake up call for me, um, really, with with that little story I told you about that young firefighter. And I just, you know, you, once you're past it, you're kind of looking at other things. And I just realized, um, as a as a group, and and to support in. Um, help each other in this department and nationwide like you really do have to stop and go wait a minute like if anyone thought it was okay to just pretend like she wasn't pregnant like that's how she was advised and I felt I just that to keep going back to I was a punch in the stomach because I felt really responsible for 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 not noticing that not even noticing that so I take responsibility and I'm doing something about it and I think we all could start to do that perfect is there uh, is there anything else you ladies want to uh speak about regarding this that we covered a lot but i know there's there's you know if there's anything else we missed i I would just say not like fact-wise but i think the facts that like i think it's conversations like this that give me hope you know it's conversations that you're like hey i'm gonna do a podcast on this i'm gonna look some people up we're gonna bet you know like i'm cautiously optimistic i don't want to be pollyanna but i that there are, you know, FEMA is funding research on this. You want to do a podcast on this. Whoever's listening at this point, listen, however many minutes long we're into this to talk about the, you know, to hear about this topic. So I think that is, you know, we need, we need men and women in the fire service and the scientific community and all those groups and the, the physician groups to be aware of this. And the fact that, like, I think this is progress. I think this is what progress looks like. I like that. Yes. Unless, of course, everyone else quit listening by now. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it. It matters. (laughs) I feel good about it, though. Heather, do you have do you have anything else to add? No, Sarah said that. I don't want it. Yeah, that was it. That was perfect. Okay. Well, um, if you don't mind, I know Sarah, you already mentioned you get hit up regarding the stuff here and there. Um, I know Heather, you mentioned. being available to send that Fairfax um, policy out to everybody. If you could share your info, your contact info, um, we'll do that. And then I'll let you get out of here. Enjoy your rest of your day. You want me to do it verbally then? Let me just ask you guys, you think that's okay? I didn't really ask Fairfax. (laughs) They they share it pretty widely. Um, I know that the women in fire project will be, you know, collecting them, but they can, I mean, they can also contact Fairfax directly. They're really good at sharing. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'll just, yeah, I'll just give you my, I'll give you my info. Just verbally, Jim, is what you're asking for then? Sure. Okay, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so Heather Buren, my email is my name, Heather Buren at S, uh, oh, which one am I going to use? At gmail.com, Heather Buren at gmail.com and um, start there. And then I will uh, give you my number and we could, we could chat. 
and holler at me if you want me to forward you um, the Fairfax County um, policy or you could contact them directly either way. Sarah, you're like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't bother me. No. Uh, no, my best email is uh, probably sara at hopehri.com which is a consulting company I work with, but um, that's the one that I'm most obsessively checking. So that one's good. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again for your time and sharing this issue. Um, hopefully you gain some more traction and uh, this episode assist with that. Cool. And thanks for, I didn't even know when you contacted me before, you didn't tell me you were, uh, you were uh, doing all this. So that's cool. I'll check I out. I have, Sarah knows I have all sorts of stuff going on. <laughs> Sounds like it. Very cool. Oh, yeah. I like it. asking you to do other stuff and showing up to talk. Oh, God. Yes. Uh, well, I figured, you know, Sarah, once he said with Sarah, I was like, I'll do anything with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I, said, I was like, oh my God, I'm in. Yes. Yes. That, it was an easy sell. <laughs> it, was. it was easy. Uh, All right. Yeah, really. It's, it's always a pleasure. And uh, we'll be in touch as we are. All right. So that's Heather and that's Sarah. And I'm Jim, and we are out of time. So I'll talk to all you listeners next week. Bye.